This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 23rd, episode 2103. This is brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Horses in the Morning, the world's leading podcast about horses. And I have good news for the horse world. And that is the Clydesdales are back. That's right. Budweiser is bringing the Clydesdales back for the Super Bowl commercials. There's a reason to watch the Super Bowl again. So last year, if you remember right, they went a, with a more socially conscious commercial about blah, blah, blah. supplying helping clean people, water, blah, blah, blah. Was, helping oh, people during natural me. disasters, whatever. We didn't get to see the dang horses, and I, for one, was pissed. Well, they did a little 10-second tease. You can find it out there right now, and basically it shows the Clydesdales just driving by and and it just says guess who's back and then it says super bowl so it looks like we're gonna get the the back for the super bowl still the best commercials ever in the super bowl coming back i wonder if our little cutie friend cutie patootie uh same guy's gonna be in them all the one that had the puppy and oh good excuse to have him back you should contact him and find out. He's probably under an NDA. He can't say. <laughs> I've still got his number. Or I'll you, text Is him. the restraining order still in place, or are you allowed to contact him? Well, I think it timed out, okay, so good. we should be good. Because <laughs> we were <laughs> hassling him pretty regularly there for a while. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, he's like the name? most... Don Jeans. Don Jeans. And for those that don't know, he was the... Or, or new to the show, he was the guy that played the farmer, right, in the commercials... He's the one that had the puppy, and he's the one that had all the horses when they ran off, and they come back, and That's they right. saved the puppy from the wolves, and then he's the one that got the puppy in the first place, and he's like super adorable and really nice. And I stalked him and got him on our show, he's and he's been, been on, a on our show times. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. But he's not and a farmer, not- is he? He's not a horse person, right? He's an actor. He's an actor. Yeah, but he, I think he also liked had had horses growing up or something. I can't remember, but yes, <laughs> he's he's like I, I still follow him on Facebook, and he actually does like other commercials. So I feel like he's cheating on us. <laughs> <laughs> probably like, is. no, you're the horse guy. <laughs> it it's is like, weird when you get used to seeing an actor in certain commercials that they do over and over and over again, and then you see him in a different commercial. You're going, well, that doesn't belong there. I've been mean, seeing that commercial. That would be like watching the man from Snowy River in a business suit. Okay, you just can't. <laughs> Jimmy, what's coming up? Ooh, 
Well, on today's show in our Horse Health Report, we share info from Dr. Richards from Horse Tip Daily on poor hoof growth and biotin supplements. Justine from Heels Down introduces us, us to Blogger Teresa and Auditor Kristen Bentley of Horse Nation and Auditor KT Moulton will each join us with tips on how they handle their winter care. So it'll be packed with all kinds of wintry stuff on a wintry Wednesday on the show today. And you don't want to miss any of it. And speaking of today, I have a day that will warm that wintry weather for all of you. It's National Pie Day, guys. So bundle up, cuddle up, and have a slice. <laughs> so what favorite pie, everybody, favorite pie? You're not going to like my answer. What's your answer? Pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin I like, pie. I like pumpkin pie, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, for sure, I thought you didn't. No, I Now, don't. recently... <laughs> My, my, my pie is, um, my great aunt Ellen who passed away about a week ago when I was a kid taught me how to make her peach pie and great aunt Ellen did not just make peach pie. She lived in Ohio and went to the Ohio state fair and won the Ohio state fair every year back in the day with her peach pie recipe. Okay, so now I, it's like wow. the only like fancy thing I can cook is making a peach pie. Like, I mean, I roll out the dough and everything, but it's really uh, difficult and um, I can do it. And bless her heart, Green and Ellen. And then, you know, at the end, you always like, you know, you carve something in the top to like air it out. And she goes, okay, when, when you're done, you just want to take your knife here and put a pea in it. And I was like, why do you put a pea? And she's like, so I know this one's peach. And I'm like, how many pies do you think I'm making at a time? Like, <laughs> She's like, well, I make about 40 at a time. I'm like, what? <laughs> she put an A for pasta. apple and an yeah. R for rhubarb. and <laughs> Exactly. And I'm like, uh, how many do you think I'm going to make? I was like, let's just make it, you know, whatever. Anyway, I, that I think just it's kind of ironic you're from Georgia and you're, make, you're good at making peach pie. I mean, there is something there. Oh, uh, it's perfect. Yeah. And and thank you for giving me, Jemmy, the opportunity to mention one of my most influential people that I just lost. So thank you. <laughs> well, we're we're starting to hear that. Was she somebody that you saw often or hung out with? I saw her every year. She's my grandmother's sister, ah, so gotcha. her and my grandmother was like the other influential person in my life. So it was really nice. So thank you. Sorry, didn't mean to bring you down. Go move on, move on. She All was right. she was like a hundred and one. So oh, really? We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she made a lot of pies. Lots of pies. She made a lot of pies. Happy birthday to Otters Lisa Cheeseman and Tigger, host of Healthy Critters Radio. Happy birthday to both of you today. So you guys know that I recently moved to Oklahoma and that recently I have no friends. Uh, so I was going to take this moment and I called Jimmy yesterday to briefly talk to her about it, but I left her this long, long winded voicemail about the Oscars. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Black Panther got nominated like the most for, he got nominated for best picture. I'm so thrilled about that because he loved that movie. And also uh, Avengers Infinity War got nominated, but all of these cool movies. Remember, 
Jimmy, like a couple years ago, it was like hashtag Oscar so white. And now it's just completely changed. And it's just this completely enveloped in all different races and nationalities. And it's becoming like socially conscious Oscars. It's fantastic. And I'm so pleased. But I wanted to give my daily Winnie to Sam Elliott. Do you know who Sam Elliott is, Glenn? Yes, I do. Yeah, he's this low voice. Cowboy. Sam Elliott, doesn't he play on uh, the ranch on on yes on each, or uh, Netflix? Yes, yes, that's him. He's he's and he's been in he's been in cowboy movies forever, forever and ever and ever. And he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor because he was in A Star Is Born, the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper movie. Uh huh. The reason I mentioned I have no friends is I have nobody to talk to about this because Chad literally does not care. Like I talk about the Oscars and he just glosses over. So that being said, you're going to listen. So Sam Elliott got nominated and he goes on to an interview. Remember, he's been an actor for like 100 years. He goes on to an interview and he sits down. They're like, well, how do you feel about getting nominated for your first Academy Award? And he goes, well, I'd say it's about effing time <laughs> <laughs> i was like yes <laughs> that's our guy but he didn't say effing he actually dropped the word so they had to bleep it out <laughs> you know he should have been nominated for the ranch because he is great oh. in the ranch well that is a tv show so that would be yeah. that would be the emmys True. um yeah. but he's great in it but that's an ashton kutcher like silly kind of yeah. show so, but I just like, I was like, that's what you want to hear when you are getting like, you know, to just paint some red in that Oscars, you know, <laughs> I love it. And she, you know, he, um, you were right about the, about looking at it, the diversity, I think Jimmy was off to handling a call when you mentioned it, but the diversity in this year, when I looked down the list, it was like, wow, they, they Spike Lee, about a turnaround. One of Spike Lee's films is nominated. He's nominated for best director. It is a huge turnaround. And that's what I love is voices together will create change. And that's why people protest. And that's why people use hashtags but before that that's why people spoke up and spoke out and you have some news about the the tennessee walking horses and like i i i like that to that like we you can make change by standing up and that's what i like about it so i'm sorry i didn't mean to make this well, like a big no thing. that's okay and jemmy has has a record for seeing black panther more probably more you've seen it how many times me or I jemmy do not hold any kind of record touch your mouth <laughs> You've seen it many times because I think we no, saw it that's together. My son, my son has seen it fifteen thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad that our kids are so far away from each other because they would be best friends. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. For those who did not remember, my son's five-year-old birthday party was a black pet the party, <laughs> which twofold is just awesome because of Forrest Gump. But anyway, we had a Black Panther party. We love him. <laughs> Yeah, Wakanda forever, you know. Wakanda how we forever. Roll. Well, I uh, did want to mention that uh, there. You you brought it up. There is good. Well, I don't know. We've said this how many years now? This is like the tenth year we're saying this, and it's it happens every year that the past acts has been reintroduced to Congress. Um, it makes it uh, it provides protection for to end to soaring and the intentional affliction of pain on a horse's legs and hooves and blah blah blah, the big lick stuff. And but every year we talk about this, and every year it goes nowhere. It sits there. 
You know, I think that with our very, very animal and eco-friendly president, that this should pass no problem. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the year. Just wait for that. <laughs> just, it's going to be the year. Just I mean, this guy is sensitive, okay, to the plight of animals. Okay, hey. it's happening. I, I want to do a story, but I want to bring Kristen on. Kristen is from Horse Nation. She's joining us to talk about the winter weather up there in snowy New York. Hi, Kristen. Good morning. Kristen, before before we get to talking about snowy weather, there was a story of a suicidal horse in Australia. So did you see this one, Kristen? No. Okay. So, <laughs> no. So we've had a lot of rescue stories of horses on this show from around the world, but this is a first. So a distressed horse, I don't know why the distressed horse was on the beach, but it was on a South Australian beach and decided to swim out, swam out two kilometers offshore. Into the ocean, and somebody this spotted. This is not the first time this has happened. No, nope, I remember no, hearing about that. Well, fortunately, there were some <laughs> surfers. I was the second horse to do this. <laughs> there were some surfers nearby, and the surfers went out and managed to get a fisherman nearby in a little tiny boat. And between the fisherman and the surfers, they turned this horse around and got it to swim back to shore, where it promptly took off and ran up the side of a steep cliff and got stuck. And they had to then go up and get it off the side of a cliff where it was stuck. Uh, happy ending. The owner showed up, talked to the horse, calmed it down, and all is good. The horse is back home. No. <laughs> Suffering from mad cow disease? What's wrong with the horse? I, it's I didn't know horses could be suicidal, but apparently this one wanted to swim oh, to America. Maybe they should check what I ate. Maybe they ate like a mushroom or something. I don't know. <laughs> something bad. Hey, your sound is not great. Can we try and get you on Skype? I bet you can. Yeah, you're. Wait, well, it's a little better let's now. Do that. But let's try and get you on Skype. You were in and out. Uh, okay. okay, call you right back. Because there's too much bloody snow on her roof. She, there's no cell signal that can penetrate the feet of snow on the top of her house. I She's going to have to go outside and talk. I think, and you know, she lives on a farm like we do, so there's no cell service at all. Uh, no, I have to go outside because I live in this tiny little tiny home that's made out of cinder block. You think anything's getting through those walls? Nope. <laughs> I'm like, so I was talking to Joy. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm freezing. <laughs> I'm outside talking on the phone. Can't talk anymore. And, you know, and Joy's like in the middle of the frozen tundra of the north. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to talk to everybody on the phone outside. Kristen. Good morning again. Oh, that's, oh, that's better. better. We can hear you now. All right, Jamie. Oh, well, we're, first of all, tell everybody, uh, obviously this is Kristen from Horse Nation, but oh. she's also um, a friend of the show and also is, tell everybody where you live. I live in Western New York, like literally as far west as you can get. We're actually closer to Erie, Pennsylvania than probably anywhere else. Um, so yeah, it's right off the well, it's on the coast of Lake Erie, so we get all that lake effect snow, um, and plus, you know, all that nice stuff from Canada. So, oh my <laughs> God, you're basically Canadian. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> so, so here's the deal. I went out to feed this morning, and I th- I, I try to take the blankets off before the show uh, because I feel like they're going to get overheated by the end of the show, which is like 10, 30, 11 o'clock by the time I get back home. And I walked out, and I was like, Oh my God, what is wrong with my face? It froze. It like was like 
my skin hurt. And so I left the, all the blankets on. I came back inside and I'm like, what the hell temperature is it? And it was 24 degrees. It felt with the wind chill like 13. And that is not a number that I am okay with in any circumstances. But you have it worse. Yes, but I was telling someone else this yesterday. They're like, oh, I was 10, but that probably feels like nothing to you. But it's all relative. So, you know, if you're used to like 45 and it goes down to, you know, 20 something, that's very cold, you know. So, so it's all relative here, you know. And yeah, I'd love to tease people and be like, well, you know, you down there with your palm trees in Oklahoma, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, so does it, are you saying that 10 does not feel bad to you? Uh, I mean, it's not comfortable. <laughs> So like like we do uh, we do sleigh rides with our draft horse club on the weekends at a local gated community. Um, so it's a nice place to you know take the horses out and give people a tour. And they they did cancel that on Sunday when the high was thirteen. Uh, the wind chill I think was like negative eight. So the the drivers decided that day that they were not going to subject themselves and their guests and their horses to that. So so they canceled that. So we're we're not like you know crazy. We're not animals. I mean, negative eight. <laughs> yeah, like we don't need to be out there, you know, freezing, freezing our little butts off. But okay, yeah, so I, I covered my face with a scarf over the weekend, so it was that cold that I didn't really want like my cheeks exposed. So, oh my god, I am such a wuss. I mean, huh? Okay, so Relative, I couldn't handle your summer. I'm sure I would melt. Well, I, I just, I handled Arizona summer and then I moved here. Like at the end of Arizona summer, I moved here to this. And so I think it's double shock for me and my horses. But my question was, how do, how do you manage horses? Things, things freeze and everything. And, and how do you, how do you deal? What's your, what's your day look like taking care of your horses? They do. Okay. So, well, actually, and this weekend was sort of unusual too, because, uh, well, I self-care board on a family farm. Um, we also keep cows and goats and pigs and a bunch of barn cats and whatever else wanders in and wants to be fed. So, um, and my sister-in-law was out at a conference, so I had to cover all of her chores. So my days were a little different this weekend than they would be normally. Uh, on a normal day, I usually, unless there's like very extenuating weather circumstances, I just go to the barn once. So my horses eat grain just once a day. And the grain is mostly just a vehicle for all the old guys to get their supplements. So, um, so my guys do really, really well on just hay. So when it's cold like this, we just make sure the feeders are super full um, and we have to be hay on the farm um, that we grow ourselves. So we just heap up the feeders. Um, the horses have a run-in shelter. They have another spot where they can get up against another barn um, with cattle and then another spot where they can get up out of the wind up by the, the horse and goat barn. So they've got plenty of spots to get out of the shelter or uh, out of the wind. Um, and I do blanket. So I know that, you know, the there's always... The endless blanketing debate every year, uh, but I choose to keep at least my working horse sheeted so that I don't don't have to you know chip all the ice off his back when I want to put a saddle on him. So right, keep them blanketed. And then this weekend uh, we got about 18 inches of snow, and then that rapidly got really cold after that. So I did blanket. Um, I have a quarter horse who's just a pasture puff, uh, and I did blanket him for the first time for the year because in my mind, if he's dry, he can keep himself warm, but if he gets soaked to the skin he can't keep himself warm so even though he hadn't had a sheet on i was like oh, okay this is this is different so so he did quite well so he was nice and dry the whole time and plenty fat all yeah i fat i feel i feel like at some point the the cold when it the, the cold is more manageable to the horses but when it starts to precipitate it's just not fair yeah if it had just dipped and gotten cold like it doesn't snow when it gets that cold i don't know quite why like i'm not that much of a weather person but 
but it was like two days of intense snow followed by cold without an opportunity for the horses to, you know, get dry in between. <laughs> well, all right. So that's, that's special to me. <laughs> so, so everyone gets, gets a layer and everybody stayed waterproof and in and out. I don't even know if they went into the shelter. I think they just go in the shelter, poop, and then leave. So <laughs> speaking so, of which cleaning poop in that snow and ice, it's just the worst. Yeah. I like, I, you know, and yes, ideally I would, get the pen scraped out they're in like a smaller winter corral yeah ideally i'd scrape that out all the time but i'm like yeah no we just let sort of like parfait with poop and snow and then we give it a good scraping in the spring when it all thaws out we don't break all of our equipment so <laughs> I, I will never look at parfait the same again thank you for that <laughs> yeah, you're especially chocolate um just saying poop parfait <laughs> uh, um so so you've got these horses, you've got all these draft horses. What, what type of hay do you feed? Is it a round bale? Is it just, you just small square bales? What, what is it? No, we have big, uh, big round bales that we put up ourselves. So the advantage to keeping horses on this farm is that the farm originally is intended to fatten beef cattle. So, so all of our hay is excellent. So it's, it's working to fatten horses very well as well. So um, I'm just down to four horses now. Um, one is in moderate work, my thoroughbred, um, and he's out too. So, you know, anyone who's like, well, you can't keep a thoroughbred out. I think you can with the right ones. So he's out all the time. He is admittedly, uh, he was born and raised in Canada. So that probably helps a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, they're all, they're fat, fat. My 27 year old is the fattest he's ever been in his life. So if he uh, comes out of the winter as fat as he is right now, I have to maybe think about actually muzzling him next year. So, um, cause he, he looks like a table. He's so flat on top. But 27 and still out there. So I like to keep them out healthier for them, especially that 27-year-old has a little bit of arthritis. So if he was in a box stall, I have a feeling he'd barely be able to walk. So Do you change your supplements at all in the winter? I don't. Nope. Uh, we have um, we have automatic waterers that keep the water pretty warm. So I know that they're drinking plenty. So I don't feel like I need to add salt. They have a, a free choice salt block that they get to. Um, so I don't add anything else for the winter. Just keep an eye on everybody and keep everybody well fed. Uh, I gotta say, like you, you. It, this sounds like you kind of baby your horses a little more than some. I heated automatic waterers, and they get blankets, and they have uh, like a food for days. So I, I think your horses are living pretty well. How how are you living? Okay, are you okay? <laughs> have you seen her? She's skinny as a rail. Doesn't eat anything. Uh, I'm, I'm worried sick about you. Care of everybody else, so I actually was checking um, over the weekend with the my sister-in-law being out of town. You know, I was like, "Well, someone's got to get out there and check the big water where the cattle are." So I put snowshoes on. It's the first time I've had to do chores on snowshoes. So, so yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm getting plenty of exercise. Snowshoe <laughs> yeah, farm, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> shoveling, shoveling. You know what the worst was too when we lived in Massachusetts, especially in Pennsylvania, when it blizzards, uh, was just shoveling the gates, just the gates and the doors, keeping them clean when you get that much snow and wind is awful and ice. Yeah, that's been one casualty. I have there's two sliding doors on the front of the horse barn, and one of them is frozen shut. So, I mean, and then you get it all done, and you get a warmer day, and all the snow comes down from the roof and seals the door up again. Ugh. Right. Just like, <laughs> ugh. I mean, really, this is, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a first world equestrian problem, like like first and a half world, maybe. Like, you know, it kind of sucks, but. No, these but are really, real equestrian problems. These are not yeah. first world. I'm sorry. 
So yeah. we did freeze the one waterer for the horses froze. The ones in the in the cattle barn, they're back to back to each other. So I think they sort of insulate each other. Um, and the one on the horse pasture is just sort of out there. Uh, so that froze. So for 36 hours, then my first real equestrian problem, I had to, you know, pack water out in a tub. Um, but yeah, yesterday my sister-in-law and I just put a hairdryer on it for about 10 minutes and that thawed the line out and we're good to go. So that so was a pretty Oh easy- my God, so. I would move. <laughs> It's really, you know, not that bad. So, you know, you're using a blow dryer on an automatic waterer in a pasture. How did do, I don't believe that they make battery powered hair dryers? So, no, you were stringing well, extension cords. Yeah, we had, yeah, we ran an extension cord. We made sure we turned off the electric fence first so we didn't, you know, blow the place up by, <laughs> by crossing wires. So, it was fun. You know, you know what? It's a nice challenge here. The, I, I think your positivity, Kristen, is a coping mechanism for misery. And <laughs> I really think that somebody should look in on you periodically. This is fine. This is everything is fine. Hey, Kristen, I'm, looking, I'm standing by the window right now and I'm just looking at about two feet of snow. This is fine. This is lovely. It's Are you drinking? Not yet. <laughs> Are you drinking right now? <laughs> coffee. She loves coffee. Out. So technically, <laughs> Kristen, we're having Katie. Yeah, like reality, like, so I, I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania where we did not get this much snow. Um, so it was a novelty for me when I first moved here for a while. And I'm not like jaded on it yet, but like in reality, the having four pretty distinct seasons just sort of puts life in a, a nice rhythm that I really like. Um, so, you know, like my riding life slows down in the winter and it's in some ways kind of a relief because I just get to spend time to sort of on the ground with the horses doing a different set of things. And then when it gets time to be summer, then I'm going like 23 hours a day. So yep. <laughs> so, her positivity yeah. is a but Someone needs yes. to look in on I her. I think her rain's frozen. So, did, yeah. you know, we're, we're having Katie on later in the show. She's the one that started all this uh, on Monday talking about her minus 10 actual temperature and minus 34 real feel. Uh, we're having, she's from Vermont. Is it true that once you get down to about minus zero, it all feels the same under that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We had... Uh, um, the coldest winter I've had since I've moved here, we had, I think, negative 17 a couple of years ago. And we did try to keep all the horses in that night. And they were so pissed at us the next day that we were like, never mind, we'll just leave you out. So I think, that, honestly, they got cold and stiff standing in the barn. So, so yeah, yeah, we just learned, you know, and especially to the horses, if they've got a good coat and plenty of hay and a place to get out of the wind, I don't really think they feel it much either. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, a question of keeping your ears and your nose covered as much as possible. So. Every, it's great. Guys, every, come up and visit me anytime. Yeah, we're going to visit. I'll be right up. Every nutrition <laughs> expert we've had on the show has said the same thing about winter. If you keep them with hay, they'll process and stay warm. Yeah. Just free-range hay. They have to have as much hay as they want. Uh, and then Scooter would love that, by the way. He would love to move to northern Pennsylvania or New York just to get free-range hay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be great. He would love that. Well, thank you, Kristen, for joining us. Of course, HorseNation.com is where you can find Kristen. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Come up and visit anytime. <laughs> call, call, call out for help. Okay. <laughs> I'll mail Just... you. Bye, Kristen. <laughs> I'm worried sick about her. <laughs> Something wrong with her brain. <laughs> All right, let's talk about horselovers.com. They're up that way, too. They're in uh, Pennsylvania. Well, don't be expecting your shipment anytime soon. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they, they do have, uh, you know, because they're in Pennsylvania, uh, I think this is why they have their sale on today. Everything on sale from Amigo, Rambo, Rhino, and Horseware. So they have horseware blankets marked down 37%. They have rhino blankets marked down 38%. They have uh, breeches from that company marked down 38%. The jackets are marked down. The winter coats and puffies are marked down. Um, do you have a puffy yet, by the way? A what? A puffy. A puffy What's winter a puffy? coat. That's the really light ones that are puffy. They call them puffies. No? Uh, no, I don't have one of those. You would need a puffy. I should get... I need a puffy. You need a puffy. I'm like, what is a puffy? That's not a word that I know. It's like a down jacket, <laughs> only they're really light and they fold up into a little ball. Um, and they're really warm. Yes, you definitely need one of those. You need a puffy living in Oklahoma. But they have them on sale right now at horselovers.com, so you can solve that problem with all kinds of pretty colors from green to that- blue to- do you think Horse Lovers just was like, you know what? We feel really sorry for everybody. We need to do a sale on warm stuff. <laughs> I, think, I think so, especially horses. Uh, they have the Amigo blankets, just all of the Rambo and Horsewear products. And, of course, Horsewear is a terrific sponsor of ours as well. So get on over there because remember that the Horse Lovers sales do not last long. They only last a couple of days usually or a day, like their deals of the day or only last a day. So you want to be sure you visit every day and check out all of the cool products horse lovers with a z.com and i think the coupon code hrn is still working you can give that a try if you order over 49 dollars worth of stuff there was a discount so i don't i haven't been told it's not working so give it a try when you check out hrn in the coupon code Cool. All right. We have gotten a couple of questions. Jennifer usually gets the health questions, uh, and she's gotten a couple about hoof growth. And of course, you know, hooves grow differently in winter too, but people were asking specifically about biotin. And we had done a segment with uh, Dr. Richards of FeedXL a while back on this topic. So let's take a listen to that. And we're coming back. We're going to have another auditor talking about winter care. And then uh, Heels Down is showing up with just so all of that to come on today's show. Richards, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me back. It's great. It's been a while since we've we've actually gotten the chat, and it's nice to talk to you again. Spring is arriving down there in beautiful Australia, and yeah. our winter is coming. So I laughed at you all the last couple months, and now you can laugh at me for the next couple months. Yeah, well, I would take great pleasure in telling you how much fun we're having in our pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about supplements, as or not supplements, we're talking about horse health, as we always do, and today we actually are talking about a particular supplement. Um, so tell us, tell us what we are going to help people with today. Okay, today we're going to have a look at biotin and whether or not you should be supplementing your horse. It's a pretty um, common supplement that people use. Um, Everybody but whether thinks or they not- need it, yep. Yeah, whether or not it's actually going to um, solve the problem that people are experiencing with horses' hooves is is um, another question. So, uh, well, and you know what? Here in the United States, I don't know. At least from what I'm familiar with, anytime somebody has a problem with a hoof like that, they think biotin is the way to go. So, I'm glad we're doing this tip here. Yeah, I mean, it's sold obviously as a hoof supplement and it is a very good hoof supplement, um, when it's needed. So it is, it's one of those things that people see a problem with their horse's hooves and they'll immediately go reaching for a hoof supplement. But, um, there's other things that they need to look at first before they do that because it's not always going to fix the problem. Okay. So, um, 
So just a little bit about biotin first. It is an essential vitamin for horses um, and it's involved in, in quite a few things. The main ones are fatty acid synthesis, um, protein and energy metabolism and cell proliferation. So it is a really important nutrient for horses to have in their diet. Um, the thing is though, biotin is actually naturally available to most horses. Um, so it's in their feed. Um, you do get quite a bit of biotin out of feeds and particularly um, fresh green forages. So if your horse is on nice um, green pasture, which they often are, um, they, they do get a lot of biotin from that. Um, and also in the horse's hind gut, where there's a lot of fermentation going on by bacteria, the bacteria in there actually do produce a lot of biotin. Um, and that's probably, I would guess, the main source of biotin for a horse. Okay. So, so they don't, a healthy horse on a good diet generally is getting enough biotin to meet its needs. So, um, in that situation, if there's a hoof problem, then adding more biotin to the diet is not really going to do very much. Um, so if you, if you're looking at your horse's hooves and, and your farrier or your trimmer is telling you that, you know, the hoof quality is poor or you can see that, you know, the hooves are cracking or just not growing, um, fast enough. Whatever the, whatever the hoof problem may be, um, there's a few things that you need to look at before you go grabbing for a biotin supplement. Um, the first one is the horse's diet. Um, so other things in, in the diet can cause problems with hooves and the main ones that we do see are um, deficiencies in minerals like copper and zinc um, and they're really, really common deficiencies. So if, if Copper and zinc deficiency are a problem in your horse's diet. Supplementing with biotin obviously isn't going to have an impact on improving hoof quality because that's not the problem. Um, so you need to assess your horse's diet uh, and see whether any of those deficiencies do exist. And if they do, um, you have to fix them. And, and often balancing a horse's diet and making sure that none of those deficiencies exist is enough to get good quality hoof growing again um, without without actually using any specific hoof supplements as such. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's a little bit um, like the the broken barrel effect. Um, if you've ever seen that, that picture of like a wine barrel or a whiskey barrel um, that's got some of the staves broken in it, you can only fill that barrel up with water to the um, point of the lowest broken uh, plank. Right. So... If in your horse's diet, copper, for example, is the lowest broken plank, adding other nutrients in to increase the height of those planks is not going to do anything because you can still only fill that barrel up with water to the level of copper, if that makes sense. Right, yep. It's yep. a little neat picture to demonstrate that. But um, So you need to make sure everything is in the diet. The other thing that um, you should pay attention to when looking at the horse's diet is the quality of protein that is going in there. Um, so if your horse is primarily on a, on a pretty poor quality forage diet, so, you know, dried off pasture or lower quality hay, um, the quality of protein in that diet may not be good enough to support good quality hoof growth. So you may need to add something like a bit of alfalfa hay or um, a, a soybean-based um, product or something like that just to increase the, the quality of the protein in there because hoof obviously is made from protein, so you need to feed good quality protein um, in the diet so that they can grow good quality hoof. Um, and the last thing to do with the diet is make sure that it, it is um, uh, 
supporting hindgut health. So don't feed any uncooked grain. So if you're feeding a lot of grain like cracked corn or cracked barley or something like that that's going to get into the hindgut and upset the natural balance of bacteria in there, um, that will affect tooth quality because it's going to affect the amount of biotin that the bacteria can produce. Um, so having your diets based on Good quality forage, so there's a nice lot of fermentation going on in the hindgut and making sure that nothing is getting into the hindgut and actually upsetting that fermentation process um, is really, really important for maintaining good hoof growth. So I do see on um, studs occasionally when you'll get a, a young horse a young thoroughbred horse, and they'll get diarrhea, and no matter what any vet does or what we do to it, you just cannot stop these horses from having diarrhea. And don't ask me why, um, but if you watch, I watch those youngsters over time, and gradually their hoof quality gets really poor, um, and it has to be because they're just, you know, even though they're on um, green pastures generally, they're just not getting enough biotin because their their hindgut's not functioning properly, um, and so the the bacteria obviously aren't producing enough biotin to support their hoof growth. You see that really a lot around here in Lexington with the babies and the diarrhea. Mm. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you have a look at a horse with diarrhea, like constant diarrhea, and you'll, you'll see that they often have bad quality hooves. And the other ones that, that are renowned for having bad quality hooves are, um, at least in Australia, uh, our thoroughbreds in training that are fed a lot of cracked grains, like a lot of cracked corn and, and barley and things. So their hindgut function just isn't normal, um, and it, after a while it just impacts on their hoof quality. Hmm. Um, See, yeah. I never put those together. Yeah, it's um, it, I mean, it also too because they're being constantly shod and and running on right. hard surfaces yeah. and things like that. But so I mean, there's a lot of other complicating factors. But um, their diet has got a big big role to play in in um how bad their hooves generally are when they've finished training. We always so. had uh, draft horses, and and hooves were always a problem with the drafties too. Yeah, um, we we would end up with uh, problems and issues with the draft horses too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I hope every now, of course. So, go ahead. Um, sorry, there is a few situations when biotin is useful and and should be used. Um, okay. So, so in those cases of you know horses with um, chronic diarrhea, like they're they're just not going to make enough biotin in their hindgut, um, and there's not a lot you can do. Like if you can't stop them from having diarrhea, which in some cases you can't, um, feeding them biotin is actually quite important because they they're not getting enough out of their gut. Um, if your horse is going to be on a high grain diet for an extended period of time, so horses that are in training and do need those really high grain diets, if you're finding that their hoof quality is um, declining despite having them on a balanced diet and despite feeding um, cooked grains and, and you know doing everything you can to disrupt the hindgut as much as possible, um, those horses would benefit from biotin as well. Horses that have been on long-term use of oral antibiotics um, because it, it, it can disrupt the bacteria in the hindgut and reduce the amount of biotin produced there. Um, and also older horses. Sometimes older horses do lose quite a bit of function in their hindgut um, and the ability to produce that biotin. So if you're finding that your older horses is, is um, getting poorer quality hooves, then a biotin supplement may help in that situation as well. And, and of course, there's the random cases where you do everything you can. You balance the horse's diet. You make sure there's plenty of forage. You take grains out of their diet. You do all those sorts of things and hoof quality still doesn't improve. Um, in that situation, I would suggest trying a biotin supplement as well. It's just don't do it as the first thing. Um, you know, make sure everything else is in place first. And then if, if that still isn't working, then go for the biotin supplement. All right, great. And, of course, people can find out where... Do they go if they want to find out 
if they are feeding their horses correctly and if they're getting enough of everything. Yeah, um, I should mention that, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, you, you probably so, should. <laughs> so I love, um, we're always telling us as nutritionists, we're always saying, make sure your horse is on a balanced diet. It's like, what is that? Um, so if you go to feedxl.com, I've got a really neat little tool on there where you can um, tell FeedXL about your horse and then you tell FeedXL what you're feeding and it will highlight for you if there's problems like copper and zinc deficiency or not enough quality protein in the diet. So it makes it really easy to see um, where problems may be occurring and then to fix them. Very good. That's FeedXL.com. And thank you, Dr. Richards. No worries. Thanks, Glenn. Well, I bet you that wasn't what you were expecting to hear because you always hear that biotin is the cure-all and all of all issues with the feet. I kind of think when there's, uh, how can I say this? If there was something that fixed everything, everybody would use it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's correct. Well, there is something that fixes every, uh, well, it at least helps, and that is Ovation Riding Helmets. I don't know if you were on their Facebook page here recently, but if you go to Ovation Riding on Facebook, you're going to see that there's pictures of tiny little kids with Ovation Helmets, because one of the things Ovation does really well is they fit kids. And yeah, I know. Little kids. My, my kid has one. Do I need to go post Lucas and his you little do. ovation riding helmet on that page? You okay. do. And there are some tiny kids. I mean, like 18 months old, 13 months old, and they fit. And I don't know too many helmet companies that actually make helmets for teeny weeny kids that actually fit. And uh, remember, what is awesome about those helmets is they have a dial in the back that you can actually, they can grow with them. So you're not buying a new helmet every six months when your kid grows, like you are shoes. You just turn this dial and it opens the helmet up and gets bigger. So uh, I, I didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just love the helmets. And remember we had the guest on Monday that had that thing on, you could put underneath your helmet to help protect right, your head. Right. The ovation <clears throat> is perfect for that. It would be perfect for that, for that reason, because you can adjust them. But yeah, so go head on over to their Facebook page right now. And if you don't have a helmet for your little one and your little one is doing anything around the horses, then go ahead and get one. And they're not that expensive. You're, for less than 100 bucks, you're, uh, you know, a lot of cases, less than 70 bucks, you're going to get a helmet that's going to fit and last a while and, and be able to wear them for a good long time. I think and, the little one for Lucas was like less than $45. <clears throat> And they're approved. Everything's approved that they sell. So you don't have to worry about that either. But, or if you just want to see pictures of the cutest little kids in helmets, head over to Ovation Riding on Facebook today. I wonder if they posted Lucas. I sent it on there. I get a look. I got to go. <laughs> I got to go check out these little kids. And we need to get you uh, back to your internet at your house so that you can have multiple screens again and uh, back to normal. We need to, you no, need to go like, back to the power company and say, okay, I was here three weeks ago. Why isn't my internet there yet? I just had to, during that, I was like, Chad, turn off your Wi-Fi. Like, <laughs> sound is breaking up. Like, you can't have a phone on the Wi-Fi while at the same time while I'm doing this show. Otherwise, I can't hear. <laughs> and by the way, you're better now. I mean, you're, you're not breaking up anymore. So one phone will do the trick. Apparently. One phone. Yep. Well, uh, that's it. the person that started all the winter w discussion on our auditor page and started it here on the show on Monday, that culprit is Katie. And Katie <laughs> is one of our terrific auditors, but she lives in godforsaken Vermont. And she posted a picture the other day where it was actual temperature of minus 10, a real feel of minus 33. Katie, did you survive? Are you calling from the hospital? 
Nope, I'm home. We survived. Oh, and good. Today it's actually 20. Yay! And it's 20, but feels like negative. No, 20, but feels like seven. Oh, no. Nope. So we're in the positive. It's good. <laughs> yeah, you're doing <laughs> great. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> Come here, baby. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you just a big old Oklahoma hug. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel any better, Katie, cold front's coming through and it's going to be back down. So um, there's that. Yeah. 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 Freezing yeah. rain expected today. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Have fun with that. So, Jamie, don't Are... feel bad when you're cold. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 the perspective that I get from this show, like I said, it was really shocking how cold it was. And then I looked on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, I've, it's so lovely here. <laughs> However, it's not, it's, it's equally sucks. Um, but I would like to ask if you are, and I asked this to one of our Canadian listeners who is suffering in Canada. Uh, are you, are you single? Married, have two kids. Sorry, can't help you. I was going to say my brother lives in Georgia and he's single, so we can hook you guys up. You can move south. <laughs> you have somewhere to go. Like somebody, first of all, I have some friends that might take you up on that. Okay, yeah. I'll save their life and then I'll get my brother hitched finally, too. So, right. Katie, what part of Vermont are you in? Like it matters. Um. The cold uh, part. <laughs> yeah, the cold part. We're in central Vermont, which is um, about an hour from Burlington, which is our yeah. biggest city. And yeah. Burlington's actually a lot more mild than we are, so we're in the, we're in like one of the coldest parts. Are you near yeah. Mount Washington? Um, I think it's about an hour yeah. away. Yeah, because you seem to have their weather. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Katie, you yeah. have horses at home. Yeah. How many do you have? I have three here. And what do you do? I mean, what do you do to take care of them when it's minus 33? I, I mean, everything is frozen. <laughs> I remember we used to take we used to take the water buckets out in the morning because we didn't have an automatic water. We used to take the water buckets out in the morning and dump them over, and there were, they would be great big ice cubes. And we used to build pyramids with the water bucket ice cubes. <laughs> so, and it was so cool. By the end of the winter, you had this huge pyramid. Um, what do you do up there? How do you keep it going? A day, a day in the life of Katie with horses. Go. <laughs> I actually have a water heater, which is my smartest investment. So um, I put that in a big old water tub. And usually it works really great. Um, the horses actually drink more water in the winter, I think, because it's kind of warmish. Uh, when that day with a negative 34, I feel like, um, it actually started to freeze around the edges. So I had to go out a couple of times and just kind of chip away. So I was worried the whole thing might freeze. But um that definitely helps. Your heated water heater or water trough was freezing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's yeah, actually it's even underneath. It's blocked from the wind. So it, it had to be really cold. <laughs> but but the horses kept drinking. They have a big round bale. They always have hay. Um, do, do I don't blanket out? them except for one. They live outside. Yeah. Yep. They have um option to go in the barn. They have a run-in. And then they have a run-in stall. But most of the time, they'd rather be outside. You know what, Katie? I got to stop you here because you are not doing anything from my plate. My husband is sitting here listening to this, and you're in Vermont, and you do less <laughs> than I do. I'm really starting to get irritated. Um, <laughs> I go out like 47 times a, very a day. Low maintenance. <laughs> Everybody's blanketed, different blankets and different sizes and different textures and all this. And I, I mean, seriously, I have to like wheelbarrow hay out into the field because I don't have any good round bale. I mean, a total disaster on how it is. And you're in Vermont and 
like you make it sound so easy. Well, in in your defense, you ride all the time. I I will hop on them and I'll ride on ride on like the bottom of the pasture and back up, and they're fuzzy, so I don't want to get them too worked up. So mine are kind of they are they're on vacation. I am in that challenge to try to ride the forty hours, but it's not looking so good right now. <laughs> Do you get not a one. lot of snow? I'm in counting your area. on a warm up. Do you get a lot of snow in your area? Like, how much snow do you have right now? Well, we just um, got two feet with the last storm, which was the day before I posted that, on top of probably already almost two feet. Okay, and then no. the wind, the no. wind blew it all up, and so it's all drifted up. <laughs> and then when I walk down to my barn, I make a path, and sometimes I'll use my snowshoes. And then by that night, the wind has blown so much that I make a new path. So. Oh you don't my really. God! <laughs> but but I do have to say, Glenn, there are some positives, and I know you were given some of us crap on the Facebook page about a how you know we were stretching it a little. But so I I did come up with a list, just so you know, there are some positives. All right, we want to hear oh, this wait. list. <laughs> First of all, let me stop you. You and Kristen are delusional. There is nothing positive. <laughs> I'm worried sick about y'all. Y'all vlog gone crazy. Go ahead. What's the list? <laughs> okay. So first of all, um, as you kind of mentioned earlier, you don't have to trim their hooves as much. You can go like 10 to 12 weeks, sometimes longer, because they just don't grow in the winter. So you save some money. Okay. <laughs> um, your horses get a vacation, and you don't feel bad that you're not riding them because it's so cold. That's true. <laughs> if you do ride, you ride in the snow, and if you fall off, it's soft. <laughs> and it's also a time to ride. <laughs> That's the best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great time to try riding bareback because if you bounce right off, you're in the snow. It's fine. And they're warm when they're bareback. Because <laughs> the snow um, is at the same level as your saddle. You just go plunk. I mean, your feet get cold because yeah. they're dragging in the yeah, snow. Exactly. Carry on. Well, I, there can't be anything else, Katie, please. Oh, there's more. Okay. They're fuzzy puff balls, so they're super cute and cuddly. Um, you can get some funny pictures of them playing around in the snow, and they get some funny hairstyles when they have like ices, icicles in their hair. Um, you get to ride a new horse in the spring because most of them had the winter off, so they're like fire-breathing dragons. <laughs> so it's like a whole other horse and not your same steady Eddie, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> you can slide down your hill to do chores. You don't have to walk. God, you're stretching here. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the kids like to do chores that way. (laughs) And as we said in the Facebook post, there's no tornadoes, no hurricanes, and there's no snakes, spiders, or scorpions that can kill you. Okay, listen. I I have Katie's phone number right in front of me. It starts with 802, (laughs) and I'm about to give it out on the radio so people can call you. Like periodically, just to make sure you're still alive. <laughs> Katie, I did make the point on the Facebook page that you're talking about snakes and alligators and po- you know the poisonous things that we have down here in Florida. They only bite right. like a few people a year. You all have to live with this right now. You all get this. We only get bitten to you know a couple people a year. So there's that. That's true. Yeah, I talked. We're all in it together, and we're all Uh suffering. So Uh, I talked to listener Linda in uh, Canada, and she's like, "It's only bad six months a year." Like what? (laughs) (laughs) So, so here's the thing. On a side note, 
It's really cold out here, and Lucas is not my my five year old. Is not used to cold weather. How on earth do you parent two children in this weather? What do you do? How kind of activities <laughs> could you possibly have to do to keep them busy inside? Um, internet. <laughs> I don't have, I have that. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Jamie's out. <laughs> A lot of um, board games. Uh, card games, movies. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, then Katie, I, I will out come and go do something. <laughs> there is a place that we can find for you on my farm. <laughs> I know. Farm. When you talk about your farm, I'm like, I, I could go for 40 degree weather. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all relative, I guess. Oh, you're funny. 40 but- degrees is balmy out here. <laughs> Well, uh, Kristen, uh, uh, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. We we appreciate it. Stay warm up there. You know, we're thinking about you. Um, you and, you know, the thing is about Vermont, too. You get some big mosquitoes in the summertime, don't you? Um, I don't think they're as big as the Florida ones. But, yeah, we, we can get some mosquitoes and flies. And oh, You know, when we lived in Massachusetts stuff. in July, you know what it was? Because we lived under the coast in Massachusetts. It was greenhead season. There were like three weeks you literally could not go out the door. You'd get eaten alive. Um, and it, they, were, they were the three yeah, we warm a, weeks of the yeah. year in Massachusetts. And you couldn't go outside anyway. So, And I would like to point out that this interview was brought to you by the Vermont Board of Tourism. <laughs> where's my endorsement (laughs) that's funny thanks thanks katie i hope you survive the ice storm (laughs) thank you bye she slides down the hill she's like just slide down the hill you still have to walk back up it you know in her defense though in her defense, that list, when you were listening to that list, that was, if you take a look at the psychology of it, it was her trying to cope and make I'm anything good she could out of that situation. Anything. That's what you said about Kristen. They just, they're all just coping mechanisms for psychotic living situations. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, it's, it's a, people can live there. People have jobs there. I get it. But owning horses in that kind of weather is just crazy. I mean, the things that I have done this winter versus living with horses in Arizona, I I cannot believe the amount of mud that can just exist uh, every, all the time, just mud and, and cold weather and freezing and, and breaking ice buckets. I, I guess I really need to invest in some outdoor heated waters i didn't know what was going to happen but it is absolutely crazy and these people are crazier and they make me feel better about my day so thanks <laughs> well i gotta tell you i record what we have horse husbands coming up next week and we recorded the show last night and joseph listens to the show all the time and uh he spent some time in norman oklahoma and said i don't know why she moved there she should have listened to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Joseph's not a super huge fan of Oklahoma. No, he's not. And he doesn't like tornadoes either. And I said, well, she has a tornado shelter, but I doubt she's ever going to be in it because of the spiders. So you might want to have that fumigated come spring. Just saying. Oh, I'm going to have like 20 feet long attachments on a shop vac and just (laughs) suck up all the spiders. (laughs) 
You're not going to have time to do that, you realize, when the tornado's coming toward your house. Too bad. <laughs> I'm not getting down there. Did you build, we had talked about this before you built the barn, did you build some kind of tornado shelter for the horses? We had talked about oh. that. Well, they sell these giant underground tornado shelters for horses, and it basically looks like a horse trailer uh, with like the slots on the side. And I did, I got a quote on one and it was a hundred thousand dollars. So, <laughs> so there's something that people use to get around it. And someday when I have the time or the money, um, they take, you know, there's big shipping containers yeah. that they, they will yeah. bury those underground and like have a little ramp walking down into a shipping container. And the shipping containers are only like $3,000. I've looked into this. So you bury the shipping container and just have a ramp walking down into it. And you take all the horses down in there and you wait out the tornado there. So it will happen. Now you get about a 10 minute warning for that. Uh, how are you going to get all the horses into the container? You're going to teach them to run down there by themselves? Didn't I show you that I have a tornado drill that I've already taught the horses to come for this whistle and they come running because they usually get food. Now it'll be like, so I've, tra I've trained them tornado warning, <laughs> do this whistle and they'll come running <laughs> halfway. Now you got to train them to run down into the hole and have it loaded with grain or something, you know, just ready to go. Alfalfa cubes make a good racket in a bucket. Just saying. <laughs> hey, before we go, I, we have to put a plug in. Jemmy, are you here? Are you with us, Jemmy? I think she is. I Sorry, it took me a minute to come off of okay. <laughs> you. We had we have to get a plug in. Uh, over the weekend, we were down in Crystal River doing a, a Finding Florida episode. And for all of our friends in Ocala that have come down here with their horses, there's something you've got to do. And it's what, Jemmy, tell them about what you did the other day and, and why they have to go do it. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I will say, uh, if you're anywhere near Crystal Room, we'll go to Seafood Cellar and have some crawfish. But on another note, because I know that's what Glenn's getting at, I got to swim with manatees the other day, and it was the most lovely, peaceful, wonderful experience of my life. Oh, my gosh. They're my favorite thing. Like, I don't swim uh, with anything and so manatee. Oh, my gosh. We did it on my honeymoon in Mexico, and... There's no like no rules for animal welfare in Mexico. They're just like hop in this <laughs> giant poo filled thing. And there's like a baby manatee and I'm like hugging it and snuggling with it and feeding it little hickamas. <laughs> anyway, I get it. They're yeah, like been screamed at by this our tour guys if you did that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah there's they no gave touching us food. in Florida. You'll get arrested. <laughs> yeah, no, they gave us food. They're like, take this down and then go swim with it and a snorkel. And, and we just like swim. Yeah, like I said, there's no rules there. But um, it was amazing. So was it awesome? Oh, it was so nice. And let me tell you, two encounters that I have that I'll never forget. One was um, this, I was kind of over the head of one of the manatees. I was trying to swim to the other side. And as I was kind of in front of it, it, it lifted itself up and kind of almost tried, tried to kiss me. It was really cute. And the oh. other one was, I know, for about 20 minutes. And I have some of this actually caught on video because our diver guide um, videotaped it. But for about 20 minutes, I was swimming alongside just this one manatee. It was just manatee and me. We're looking at each other, making eye contact, swimming right along. And then here's the thing, though. We were late arriving, right? Okay. Through no fault of our own, but we were late arriving. So we missed all of like the introductory rule stuff. And it wasn't until we got out of the boat and got back to the offices later that I realized that I was probably accidentally chasing the manatee and not realizing that they was 
probably freaked out. Like, why won't this lady leave me alone? Yeah, apparently swimming for about 20, 30 minutes alongside of a, one single man is against the rules. So. <laughs> it's like, keeps looking at you because it's like, is it still there? Is it still there? Exactly. exactly. Still there. And her hair, we like, you know. Contact, I was freaking it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think those moment. manatees have seen too many dreads uh, at, at all. So no, probably no, not. It's probably their first experience <laughs> with dreads floating in the water. Look like some creature this, about to attack them. Black grass. Yeah. That on her head. <laughs> but you got to do that. They also have uh, the same guy who took us out on the manatees has. Um, uh, what does he have? Uh, Segway. Segway tours down Segway there tour. as well. So it's only about an hour from Ocala. If you guys have your days off on Monday and you're here in Ocala with your horses and want to do something different, head down there for that. His name was Captain Broderick. And, I, and it was Venture Tours. Venture Tours. Captain Broderick. He was a great guy. A lot of fun. Didn't put up with any of Jemmy's crap, that's for sure. All right. Um, (laughs) We have, coming from Heels Down, happy hour. We have Justine on here with us. Hi, Justine. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. Have you ever swam with manatees, Justine? Actually, I have, because were you guys in Crystal River? I just caught the end of your conversation. Yes, Yep. Yeah. Fun, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. It's beautiful. And it's such a cool Florida thing, right? I mean, you can't do that anywhere else. Right. And, you know, Crystal River, that that part of the coast of the Gulf, and you live in Tampa, so you'll, you'll, you'll verify this. It's old Florida. It's not been built up. The towns were built in, like, the 30s and 40s and haven't changed. It's very old Florida there. Absolutely. It's very cool. I, I love that part uh, from Crystal River up to Cedar Key. Like you said, all the old Florida homes and a great place to get clams and oysters. And it's fun. Well, yeah. uh, I actually found two really great looking clamshells underneath the water. Perfect condition there, Justine. It was interesting. Cool. <laughs> all right. Now that we've done our uh, Florida Tourism uh, Bureau <laughs> <laughs> promotion. We already did. We, we did Vermont and New York and now Florida. Yeah, I don't think Vermont and New York were really happy with theirs, but we made it up for Florida. <laughs> so, Justine, what's going on? Not much. Enjoying this sunny, beautiful 80 degree day as we're talking about Florida. Um, but how are you guys? We're great. Now, you uh, have a guest coming on today with something a little different for the Heels Down segment. Tell us, why don't you introduce your guest? Sure. So, um, Therese, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but she is the author of a blog called Breeches and Boat Shoes. Uh, which is adorable. And her blog is really great where she tracks her progress with her horse Axe. Um, and she's a hunter jumper rider, but uh, Teresa is one of five bloggers we're featuring in the heels down brief this week, which is uh, the heels down magazines weekday newsletter. So if you are getting the newsletter, you probably already wrote or read her article, but we're having an article every day from a new blogger. And then they're taking over our Heels Down Mag Instagram account to give a glimpse into their lives and their barns and meeting their horses. And it's just been really, really fun to celebrate all of the equestrian bloggers out there who do such a great job. Very good. And I think she's here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Now you're in the you you're in the north too, right? I am in the tundra right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am up in Massachusetts. It's quite cold in New England this week. So yeah, I wish I was in Florida swimming with manatees, but sadly I am not. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you can lead the way, Justine. 
Oh, sure. So, Therese, why don't you tell me a little bit more about what you wrote about for us at, with Heelstown Magazine and, um, and and why you started your blog? Okay, so um, what I wrote about for Heelstown, my prompt was kind of what what you can do to deal with negativity. Obviously, the internet is kind of this great big wide open space. Anyone can be on it and anyone is anonymous. So getting negative comments and internet trolls, as we love to call them, are, it's kind of a part of the deal, I guess you could say, sadly. Um, So I just kind of talked about how, for me personally, the best way to kind of deal with that is really to just be confident in what I'm doing, who I am, and what I'm choosing to write about and kind of put out into the world. Um, And I think that's just kind of really important for anyone to remember that, like, you are you, you know, you, it doesn't matter what somebody else says, as long as you're confident and you know what you're talking about and you feel like really firm in your beliefs and whatever you're kind of putting out there, that that's what anyone else says isn't really going to matter. Um, and sometimes you still have to remind yourself of that because it's not always easy to remember, but, um, and then, sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath here. <laughs> um, the reason I started my blog, I had bought my horse as a junior in college. Not something I would recommend to everybody, but, you know, to each their own. <laughs> and um, I, it was kind of just a way to, I went to college two hours away from my home. So it was a way to let my friends and family up back home kind of stay in touch with what I was doing with the horse that was then new to me. And over the years, it's kind of just grown into so much more stuff. I started kind of gathering more readers and different, different people wanted to see different things. And so it's just kind of developed into like product reviews and like all this crazy, I don't even know, whatever pops into my head. It's like a word vomit for the written words, I guess. So it's just kind of cool. It's turned into something so different than what I ever intended it to be, but it's done some great things for me. So I can't really complain. I think that's fabulous. And I, I love how positive and upbeat you are. You know, there are so many amateurs in the sport who just, we do this because we love horses and it's a, a passion, passionate hobby, but it's not, it's not easy either owning a horse. And like you said, I, I didn't, I didn't even realize you bought your horse when you were a junior in college. Oof, that's, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I just really love how positive you are. You have such a great message. And I, I think that's why you have so many readers or people really relate to, to what you write about. And I think that's great. And we're so yeah. happy to have you. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Glenn, I don't know. Have you have you ever had a blog, or has it always just been radio for you? <laughs> oh, I can't write. I am not a writer. Are you kidding? So, no is the answer to that question. It, it was so funny because people have said, "Why don't you guys write a book about what you've done?" And I'm like, "Yeah, nope, Jemmy." Um. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, Justine, I have to tell. Let me answer this question for you. Last night, recording your show, I made a comment about how you were like Speedy Gonzalez typing in the background. Did I not? She did. She did. <laughs> okay. Well, Glenn is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> that is why she does not have. A I go at a record pace with my two fingers looking at the keyboard. I can book along. Fred Flintstone over here. It takes me 12 years That's to write so a funny. book, one finger at a time. Um, oh <laughs> no, I admire, though, people like you guys that can write. It's just, it is a skill. I would never had it, and I just admire people who can write. Jamie, you're not much of a writer either. I mean, you're, 
You're more of a talker too. Um, I, yeah, I can, I can do a little bit of both. I mean, I prefer to talk. <laughs> it's easier. It's easier. <laughs> I, sometimes writing just feels a little too much like homework for me sitting down. I did have a blog at one point. I'm not telling you the names, but uh, the name of it, but I did have a blog for a while. Um, and then I just realized it was easier for me to post 10 pictures on Facebook than to post 10 pictures on a blog. It was too much like homework and I got a little over it. So um, I did have a little bit of both, but I, yes, I prefer you to realize talk. Like, look how many words I just said. You just and I could never type all those words that I just said because I just said 10,000 words like super fast and I'm done. <laughs> you realize every auditor in the world that we have right now is now looking for that, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> they're That's all funny. they're all there typing away trying to find Jamie's blog. It's like seriously my dogs and my horses. Like that's all I did. Okay. <laughs> Well, I I could find it. So now it's called breeches and boat shoes. So are you a boater too? I am not a boater. I actually went to a uh, private high school and we had a uniform and one of the only shoes that we were allowed to wear were boat shoes. Boat shoes. So I wore those all through high school. Crocs. And then like that was kind of around the time where like a bunch of the riders were starting to like when they take the boots off, that's what they put on at the end of the day. And I just I didn't really know of a name and it popped into my head and I went with it and I've thought about changing it over the years, but the amount of work that goes into that is just not worth it. <laughs> I think it's cute. I think it's adorable. Very trendy. No, and, and it's 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 memorable, which is what you want. I mean, that is what you want. Yeah. Well, uh, people can find it breechesandboatshoes dot com. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, Justine, some of the others that were on there, you, you're highlighting this week, too. And and what was cool about that is, one, people are still starting blogs. I, you know, that trend was uh, waning for a while. Now it actually seems to be coming back a little bit. Um, and I, I didn't know any of them that were on there. So you brought some to the table that not many of us have seen before. Yeah, it's really interesting. And they've all, they're all successful in their own way. Like, I am just uh, astounded at their followings and just what wonderful marketers they are. They have uh, amazing skills to promote themselves and build this brand and keep it up. Because like you said, I, I remember, you know, year, a couple years ago, like I felt like we were at the peak of blogging and then it, it kind of morphed into different things. And now, you know, these girls that we have featured in the magazine this week, they're, they're like a, they're, they're almost like a hybrid blend of, you know, that what you think of with blogging, that old school blogging format, but they're also influencers. They're so good at social media and, um, and they are, they're just tremendous at how personal they make their stories. You know, everything is, uh, they, they wear their heart there on their sleeves. They don't hold back. They share a lot of personal details, which I think takes a lot of courage to do that. Um, we don't know anything think, about that, uh, here at the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we have no idea what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you, Justine, for joining us. It's Heels Down Happy Hour is the name of the podcast. Uh, I just took a look this morning. You guys are rocking it for numbers. I haven't even posted them yet. You guys are are doing great. So so congratulations. Thank you. We've got two fun guests on this week. So you guys should definitely tune in. All right. Sounds good. Heels Down Happy Hour. And then, of course, Heels Down Magazine. Where can they find that? 
at heelsdownmag.com. And sign up for the daily newsletter. You should get that as well. They put a lot of work into that. And that's not easy. Doing a daily newsletter is not easy. It's a lot of work. No, it is not. (laughs) Well, thank you, Glenn. All right. Thanks, Justine. Enjoy Tampa. All right. Bye. Guys, I have an announcement to make. I don't mean to break in. Yes. I have found Jamie's blog. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? I'm serious. Adventures of Jamie Steele dot blogspot dot com. God, that didn't take her long. (laughs) How did you find that? I'm good, man. (laughs) Oh my god, I found it. Well, everybody else has now too. You realize that, right? Does it have anything about her dating life in Atlanta? Because that would be more interesting than her dogs and pets. No, I started it when I moved to Arizona, sucker. Uh. Actually, one of these posts is, I just got a job hosting a radio show. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that would have been in 2010 then. Yeah, I uh, know. Yep. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, yep. I started it just after I moved to Arizona so my, my family could keep up with me. But then I was like, screw it. Y'all get Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it was in the early days of Facebook, too. Uh, not not It was only youngsters in that days. Now it's just old people, and the youngsters have left. So it's, <laughs> they, they all have Snapchat. That's so right. Hey, that? um, we're going to go here. I just wanted to let you know that we do. We are aware that my sound is, sounds like crap on the live feed, and we're, we're we. I kind of, we're trying to figure out why. Apparently, you guys sound fine and I sound like crap. So we are aware of that. I've gotten 12 messages during the show today. We are aware that that's happening. We're going to try and get it fixed for Friday. Um, we had a computer die. I had to replace the computer, and this one's not sounding good. So I don't know what's going on. So Jemmy's going to help me after the show. We're going to work on that. and I uh, Because I need to sound good because I am the, what was that again? What am I, Jemmy? Oh, been... don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, you're, I don't you're remember. The most annoying podcaster <laughs> on planet Earth. <laughs> she did not let that go all weekend. I'll have you know when we were traveling. I heard about right, planet Earth about really a thousand great. times. <laughs> Jennifer's good, said she's going to have a T-shirt made that just has the Earth on it, and that's it. That's all. So it's going to be like an inside joke. So. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the last ten minutes of what last, last Wednesday, Wednesday or show. Month. A week ago. Yeah. yeah. A week ago. Yeah, yeah. Last Wednesday. Last 10 minutes. It was probably the funniest 10 minutes we've had in a year. <laughs> it, it was some of my favorite. <laughs> all at my expense. So that's it. Thank you all. Tomorrow, we will have the first grooming episode. Uh, Leave Good is going to be here, and we'll have the first grooming episode for you. And I heard some of the conversation yesterday. This one is full of tips. She is like one of the top grooms in the country, and this is full of tips. This is going to be very educational for you. So that's tomorrow morning on the show, and then get your ads in for really bad ads. Get them in uh, to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for Friday. Thanks, guys. Bay Neuter Geld, everybody. Have a good day. I can't believe I told you guys about that blog. I told you they were going to find it. I'm just glad I found it. How did you find it, Jimmy? It's not even my real name. I'm... I'm posting it in auditors right now. (laughs) Oh, my God.